Hallelujah. Are you all blessed? Let's go into the Word of God. Open up your Bibles. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Beginning in verse 1. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As the others, God said, in my anger I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Even though this rest has been ready since he made the world, we know it is ready because of the place of the, in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. God announced through this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is still, there is a special rest Still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. Amen. And so it's talking about rest. Everybody say rest. Didn't say sleep. It says rest. So you're not allowed to go to sleep right now. Amen. If, if, you, if you fall asleep, the person next to you can hit you hard. Amen. Um, but it talks about rest. There is a rest that's in God that we, we, that's available for us that we must experience this rest. This is probably one of the most difficult revelations for the body of Christ to receive. Because we are so used to earning, working, and developing something for our own selves. But yet, the Word of God says you're supposed to rest. You're supposed to rest. That this is the seventh day. This is the, just like God entered into rest on the seventh day. He did all the labor to establish everything, and then he rested. Well, Jesus did all the labor to establish us. Now we're supposed to be entering into this rest. And it's a rest. If I were to equate it, it's, it's not so much a rest for uh, your, the works of your life, it's more of a rest for your soul. It's a rest for your thoughts and your emotions. It's a rest that allows you that even though you might have a lot of responsibilities and you might be working, but you have no weariness. It's a joy to do. You, you, you're not discouraged. You, you are encouraged. You rest because you know that the labor that you're doing is not to yourself, but it's onto the Lord. If you're doing it for yourself, then it becomes tiring. 
If you're trying to make a way for your family to live and make a way for you to make a living, then it becomes tiring. It becomes weary. It destroys you. But we're talking about resting in the Lord, resting in God's promises, resting in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because without that rest, we're always going to be just like the world. We can only handle so much pressure, so much stress, so much adversity in our life. But if we will learn to rest in the Lord, it doesn't matter what we go through. We are already in a place of victory. We're already in a place of, of, of rest that no matter what the enemy tries to throw at us, we will not be moved. We will not be shaken. Our, our feet will be firmly planted on the word of God. And even though we will go through things, the things that we are going through will not go through us. We will not be defeated. We will not be bitter. We will not be weary and stressful. We will not be broken. But we'll be more than a conquerors in everything because Christ is with us. And so the word of God says that that is the place of rest that we can enter in now. That's a place of rest that was available at the, at the time of, of the foundations of the earth. I used to wonder if Adam and Eve were kicked out of the, the garden and the gardens, the curse of, of the sin that they committed was uh, not only death, but it was, it was uh, labor. It was work. God said from now on you're going to have to work from the sweat of your brow. That was part of the curse. And I was thinking, okay, well, it's going to be hard for men to work, hard for them to produce a harvest, hard for them to take care of themselves because now the blessing of God is not upon them. God created the whole garden for man. All this was created for you. But now God says that you're going to have to battle with weeds. You're going to have to battle with thorns. You're going to have to battle with the elements of this, air, this, of this world to just have any type of increase. You're going to have to battle with people and situations. I used to think about this. But then in the garden, the Bible talks about that when God created the earth, that the, the, the plants did not grow. Until there was a man to take care of the garden. And then there was a mist that rose up and watered the whole land. And the grass began to grow. The fruits began to grow. Because Adam was there to tend to the garden. And I used to think, I said, well, God, you know, if we're supposed to, to have everything produced for us. And, and we're supposed to enter into this rest. But yet you didn't cause anything to grow till, till Adam was there. Isn't that thorn and thistles? There's a difference between sowing and reaping. You could sow, but you could, your, your harvest could be stolen away from you. You could, you know, there are many people that they, they sow their time, their efforts, their skills, their abilities, and trying to build something, a business, uh, 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 some sort of a financial adventure. And they, they, they think, I'm going to become prosperous in this. But yet, even though they did everything they thought that would produce prosperity, at the end of it, there's nothing. And there's failure. And there's brokenness. And people's hurts, pains. Farmers sow into ground and the ground doesn't produce the harvest. 
But when you have the blessing of God upon your life, when you have God on your side, and you learn to rest in the Lord and to obey his word and follow him, not only will you reap a harvest when you sow, but the Lord of lords and the king of kings will tell you how to sow, where to sow, and will be with you along the process of the growth. You won't waste the day living for yourself, but every day you wake up, I'm ready to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm ready to honor God with my life. I'm ready to honor God with my body. I'm ready to honor God with my works. Whatever I do, I'm not going to do it unto myself. I'm going to do it unto the Lord. I'm going to serve God. I can't wait to serve God. I'm ready to serve God. You get dressed. You put on your clothes. You put on your shoes. And you go out to your workplace. And you get to that workplace. And you say, well... Thank God, God blessed me with this workplace. God has planted me here so I can serve him. I'm going to do what, I, what I'm supposed to do here, but I'm not doing it for a paycheck. I'm doing it unto the Lord, and God can use me however way he wants to use me. I'm not here because I'm after a paycheck. I'm here because I'm after Jesus, and this was the door he opened up for me. So I'm going to serve God with, with sincerity in my heart. I'm going to serve God with joy in my life. I'm going to serve God with peace. I'm not going to allow the elements of this world to penetrate me, I'm going to be at rest in the midst of the work. My mind, my thoughts, my emotions, everything's going to be at rest. But pastor, what if I'm working in a very ungodly place? That's why you're there, to bring God there. In the darkest areas, that's where you need the light. How do you expect the, the, the areas to change unless you're the one that's bringing the light? People say, oh, pastor, my job, the, the people there are so terrible. They, they, they talk bad about everybody. They, they lie and they cheat. And, and uh, you know, I, I, they, they get angry at me and they're always putting pressure on me. And I'm like, well, did God open that door for you? Yes. Well, why aren't you serving the Lord there? Why are you, why are you complaining about what people do? Why did you just start honoring God and living for God in that workplace, giving God the day, the day that he's blessed you with? You might be in construction, and, and it might seem like everything is just always your fault and so much pressure. Why don't you just start blessing your workplace? Father, I thank you that you opened up this door for me to work, and, and you grab that hammer, you grab that machine, you begin to anoint it in the name of Jesus. I pray that this works perfectly. You, you go over people, and you might, you might shake someone's hand, and Lord, everyone I shake hands, Lord, bless them, and, and you become a blessing wherever you're at, and you say, well, pastor, they might curse me. Well, just go over to where they sit, and maybe put your hand right there and say, Lord, bless them when they sit down there just living for God everywhere you're at wherever you're at just always honoring God saying Lord use me as a witness Lord use me as someone that could show the love of God thinking how can I serve God because you might be in the midst of your work doing your work but then God gives you an opportunity to share his love with someone and it's that opportunity of you sharing that love with someone is the real reason that you are there People are going to before God, I'm going to pray that God just blesses me with so much money. For what? 
Even Jesus talked about a parable of a rich man who, who gained so much wealth and filled his barn with, with so much wealth in his possessions that he said, oh, I got so much, I need a bigger barn. Built a bigger barn so he could fill more. And he called him a fool. Why? Because that night he was going to die and someone else was going to spend his money. Why put things in, in, in places that are not serving God when the world is going to hell, they need Jesus. Amen. And so if we're serving God, we're living for God, and we're just enjoying God everywhere we go. You know, I go, I go into to nations. I don't go into nations, oh, man, this is a lot of work. I don't know what's going to happen. Man, people are going to, you know, think... Bad I don't go into nations that way. I go into nations like, hallelujah, wow, I get to serve God here. I'm excited about it. I'm like, wow, why me? But praise God, it's me. When I go to the juvenile, when I started going to the juvenile, I'd walk into that place. Wow, what an honor. You see all these, these, these teenagers oppressed and broken. And I'm thinking, wow, what an honor. God's given me the opportunity to share in the light of Jesus Christ. When I was walking on the streets, street evangelizing, in the late hours of, of Friday night, Saturday night, where everybody's stoned and everybody's drunk, I was thinking, praise God, this, this is open season. This is, there's, there's a, there is a harvest here. I was like a fisherman that just saw a big pool of fish, and I'm chasing after them. I had such excitement, such joy. I wasn't worried what was going to happen that night. I wasn't worried if, if someone was going to jump me. I wasn't worried, uh, what, what am I going to do? No. I was like, praise God. Even when I've been put in positions where it looked like there's a possibility of me losing my life, I was like, hallelujah. Praise God. I get to be a martyr for Christ? There is rest for your soul. Like my brother was talking on how the situations of life caused him to pull away from God. Because he was trying to make a way for himself instead of being at peace and just serving God. And be in rest. Look at your neighbor and say rest. Just rest. Just rest. But pastor, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, you know, we want, to, we want to build a family. We want to buy this. We want to have that. Rest. Are you alive? Yes. Do you have food? Yes. Are you breathing? Yes. Well, rest. But they said they might fire me. And I don't. There's other jobs. There's provision. God will make a way. Understand this, that he knows who you are and how long you have to live. And he doesn't waste one day. And if he knows who you are, where you live, and how long you will have to live, do you think that he's not working on positioning you for success? You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. The Bible says the one, the, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. 
And people are trying to make a way for themselves, and they're thinking, well, if I do this, then I could do that. They even go into the ministry. I, I, I think it's, it's, the, it's the, the most silliest thing. Someone says, listen, I'm going to start this business, and I'm going to do this business, and then I'll be able to do the ministry. Because I'll be able to support myself through these businesses so I could do them. I've never seen someone do that. I've, I've been serving God my whole life. I've never seen someone successful in business with the hopes of being in the ministry. Never seen it. Never seen it. And you have ministers that go around with a lot of businesses. And then they go around with a lot of, a lot of preaching. But somehow it gets all sloppy in the middle. And they become terrible testimonies. I've never seen it. Do you think David called to be the king? And then he went to God and said, okay, God, I'm going to go borrow some money from the bank over there. And then I'm going to make my own way. If he calls you and he anoints you, he provides for you. Wherever you are at, you are in ministry. If I'm in the coffee shop, I'm in ministry. If I'm eating at a restaurant, I'm in ministry. If I'm walking down the street, I'm in ministry. Everywhere I'm at, I'm in ministry. Wherever you work, you're in ministry. Oh, but pastor, you know, there's a separation. There ain't no separation. How can you separate you and God? There is no separation. Jesus could not separate himself and say, okay, today I'm going to heal the sick. Tomorrow I'm not because I'm working. You just being there. You brought the Holy Spirit there. You think the Holy Spirit's going to shut up just because you're at work? It doesn't mean you go up to people and say, hey, sinner, 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 you. We show the love of God, not the conviction of the world. We minister to them by showing the love of Jesus Christ. If someone comes to you and starts talking about their problems, you better give them your answer, which is Jesus Christ. If it was good enough for you, why isn't it good enough for them? I, I heard this, this atheist say, he says, how, how horrible I must be if you refuse to, to witness to me about your Savior, Jesus Christ. You must really not like me. You must really not love me. An atheist says that. He said, at least I know they love me because they really believe that if I don't give my life to Jesus, I'm going to hell. I mean, if they were convicted by that, they would, you know, they would surely stop to tell me about salvation. But how terrible or how much they must hate me if they don't tell me about Jesus. And the whole world is chasing after it. The whole world's chasing after Jesus. They just don't know where he is. They don't know where he is. Maybe it's because we're not resting. We're too busy. Resting is not turning on the TV. You turn on the TV. You put on the news. You go through more work and turmoil just watching that news for an hour. 
You try to go to sleep and your mind is going all over the place. Next thing you know, you're having dreams that we're in war and dreams that, that there's somebody outside. When you learn to rest in the Lord, the enemy can't touch you. When you know who you are in Christ, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the enemy throws at you. You have victory. This one man of God, he talked about, he said, I was asleep one night, and I woke up, and the devil was standing at the end of my bed. And I looked at him, and I said, oh, it's just you, and I rolled over and went back to sleep. There's no fear. There's no fear in Christ Jesus. You don't have to work. You don't have to labor. You just rest. Now, we serve. We, when, we, when, when we get our workplace, that's a place of service. I'm not serving money. I'm serving the Lord. And I'll be there as long as the Lord has me be there. If God's the one that puts you there, even if you're making very little money, you're there because God has a plan and purpose for you. Amen. What good is it if you have all this money, but yet you were no good while you're living here in this world? You were no good to bring it to increasing the kingdom of God. You led nobody to Christ. You live for yourself, and you might have money in the bank when you die, but when you get to heaven, you find out that your bank account is empty. Because you never served God. You never gave to God. You never lived for God. But you take a person who might have nothing to their name, but in heaven they have everything. And this person never has lack here in this world. This person, even when they don't have, God has a way of supplying for them. This person, when they get to heaven, they just, God just provides for them. God, I mean, when, when they're here in this world, they have a need, God provides. Because they sold out to the Lord, they're living for the Lord, they're exactly where God told them to be. Amen. I could tell you ministers who are working in their job and so full of debt, so full of fear, so full of just trying to make a way. Every day they are trying to be their best, but they never will increase. People would, would, would criticize them. They go through all the rest. And listen, if you play with the pigs, you will smell like the pigs. The dirt is going to get on you. So if you play the games of this world, it's going to happen. And they would try to, to make some sort of increase, try to, try to prosper some way by their own works. They would even give offerings and say, God, I'm going to honor your offering so that I could increase. And then they go and they give their offering, and then they compromise in other areas in the workplace to try to get ahead. It's, kinda, it's a mix of working in the spirit and working in the flesh. Instead of being at peace and just trusting God, praying it in, believing God, knowing that God spoke to you and God called you, and then stepping out in faith. The funny thing about it, when a person hears from the Lord and steps out in faith and begins to rest and trust God, everybody else tries to put conviction on them. Everybody else will say, why aren't you working like the rest of us? My answer is, I'm not like the rest of us. I'm a chosen generation. I'm a peculiar people. Tell your neighbor, you're peculiar. That's the Bible's way of being kind to say that you're strange. And so we just rest. Wherever we are, I'm here to serve the Lord. I'm in my workplace. I'm here to serve the Lord. 
When there's business, praise God. Thank you, Lord, for prospering. When there's not business, I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to be at peace. I'm still going to trust God. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that we're supposed to feed on his faithfulness. Amen. Let me tell you one thing. God is not worried about taking care of you. God's not thinking, man, how am I going to take care of Vanessa today? Oof. That girl can eat. I mean, that girl. How am I going to take care of Vanessa? Man, how am I going to provide for Sonida? Man, God's not like, listen, okay, I'm going to have to get a job just to take care of these guys. I mean, they, I mean, have you seen Sonida's shoes? I mean, this girl loves shoes. God's not, he has no needs, he has no wants. He, the only thing he wants is you. And so the scripture says God's promise of entering his rest stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. How many want to experience God's rest? For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. How do we get there? By faith. How many of you found yourself worried about health care recently? Hearing the news. How many past year you're thinking, man, what about health care? I mean, what are these congressmen are going to do? What is this president going to do? What are these both? And start thinking, man, my... How dare these healthcare people? I need health care. And you end up becoming what why why because why were you discouraged by health care? You didn't think about it until other people were thinking about it. Well, why were you, because those who are unrest were speaking their fear and you accepted it. And now your soul has no rest. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to take care of my bills. They said I have this, to this day to pay or they're taking this away. They're saying they're going to take the car. They're going to take the house. They're going to take. Well, it belongs to them. If they want to take it, let them take it. And then repent before God and say, Father. Forgive me for not trusting you that you were going to take care of me and build me a house and take care of me and get me a car. Take care. You know what? You know my needs. Because I guarantee you, if you will serve God and live for God, God will take care of you. And serving God is not just saying, well, I come to church. If you got radical where you were walking away from your job because you felt God was leading, there'd be a, there better be a trail of people that were saved, healed, delivered by the power of God that was upon your life. Well, I want to serve God because I'm tired of this job. Pastor, I quit my job and now I'm hungry. Did God tell you to quit your job? Well, you preached that we could quit. No, I didn't preach you could quit your job. I said rest in the Lord. 
If you're anointed and called, then start winning souls and making disciples. God will provide for you. You got to give them a reason why you, you can't work in that job no more. You got to be fruitful where you can serve in the Lord all the time. You know, God, I just got to live for you. I can't share you with that business. I'm... Amen. But you have to learn to rest in the Lord and just trust God. Believe God for the increase. Believe God for the finance. Believe God for those things. God will open up doors of prosperity in your business. God will open up doors in your workplace. God will bring promotion to you. God will provide for you because he knows he has your heart and he knows that you are serving him. This one man who was doing work, he was doing, the, he was doing a, a pressure washing and painting. And they got a job, and the person that hired him from the job was a subcontractor. And the subcontractor said, listen, we're getting paid by the day. So this job should take you three days to do, but you need to extend it to two weeks because we get paid more. So just take your time, do maybe an hour a day, and then you'll get the same pay. You'll get more pay. But the guy said, no, 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 I'm here serving God. He told his crew, he said, listen, we're not going to rob from somebody something we could do in, in, in three days. Uh, and, and extend over two weeks so that we get paid more because they're paying us. But no, we're honoring God. We're living for God. I'm going to serve God. They went in there and they started doing the work. They finished the whole thing in three days. The guy, that, that subcontractor got angry, but the main boss saw what he did. And he, he called him. He said, listen, I need to work with you. Because you fear God and I could trust you. God will promote you. But if God can't trust you, what makes you think man will? <laughs> Tell your neighbor, rest. Pastor, they called me. They said they're going to take my car. Show up in the front yard. Hand them the keys. Wash the car for them. Don't you think God can bless you with another car? Oh, my whole life is crumbling. They're going to take this away. God can, can bring it right back up. This one great man of God, this one really great man of God, he, he, he came home from work. And he walked into his house. And his wife had it all decorated. The lights were off. The candles were on. Dinner was on the table. And he walks in like, wow, baby. <laughs> Newlywed. And she says, it's a beautiful day. I thought it would just have a candlelight dinner. He's like, all right. He goes into the restroom to wash his hands. And then when he turned on the light, the light didn't turn on. <laughs> He comes out and he goes, baby, what's going on? And she says, I know you're working hard. I know, uh, I know that you're trying to, you know, you're doing your best. We didn't have enough, but I know we're going to get out of this. So I just thought we'll just enjoy this moment. 
Amen. But the world freaks out over the moment. It's just a moment. Just rest. What I always do is I, I ask myself, Father, did I miss it? Did I miss something with you? Did, did I disobey you? And I judge myself. I don't judge the workplace. I don't judge my job. I don't judge. I judge myself. Did I miss you, Lord? Am I, did I serve you, God? Did I follow what you told me to do? Have I, have I been obedient to serving you? And if all those boxes check, then I'm at peace. Start up a fire in the backyard. Go get some weenie dogs and put them on a stick. Do whatever you got to do. Enjoy your time. Amen. Because I guarantee you this, God is a good God. And he's not a deadbeat father. He takes care of his children. And what you think is something that should destroy you, it's going to make you into a greater witness unto the Lord. The blessing will be just around the corner. Not only will God bless you, but God will restore you. And he'll prosper you in ways that you could never, be prosper, you could never prosper yourself. Every time we've rested in the Lord, we've always increased. Always. But every time I went to God with my plans and my, my, my uh, witty schemes, and I said, okay, God, here's my business. I want you to bless it. God says, well, I didn't call you to build your business. If you're a business person, you should be saying, you should be saying, I'm, I'm in business for the Lord. This business belongs to God. This industry belongs to the Lord. I'm not going to waste another day trying to build my business. I don't have a business. I live for God. He's Lord of all. I gave him my life. I said, Jesus, be my Lord, my Savior. It doesn't mean Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior, but I'm going to do my own thing over here. If he is your Lord, then he's lording over you. He's your master. He's directing your steps. There'll be job opportunities that God say, not that one. But God, it's everything I asked for. It has the money I want to. They gave me the raise. I got health care. What good is health care if you don't have health? But I get to see a doctor. Yeah, but if your body's breaking down because you cursed it because you followed away, you followed away from God. Instead of following God, you walked away from him. Everybody go like this. Take a deep breath in. <sighs> Rest. Rest. Just rest in the Lord. People come. You can put your hands down if you want to. People come to you. Hey, what are you going to do about this? This thing. This is going to happen. And this is going to happen. This is going to happen. What are you going to do? Praise God. Oh, but you got to come up with an answer right now. Father, I give this to you. I surrender this to you. If you want me to do something about it, I'll do it. Tell me, Lord. I surrender myself to, your, to follow you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. You're the one that takes care of me. In Jesus' name. You walk out of there. Well, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to prepare a way? How are you going to make a way? That's not my problem. I'm going to serve the Lord. 
What, what are you going to do? I'm going to church. But you're supposed to stay home. We need to figure out what to do. No, 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 no. I'm going to worship my God. And then God starts prospering. God starts blessing you. He opens up your mind. You go, you, you even, you're able to go and, and even educate yourself in ways that you could never educate yourself in the past. You start getting training. You start getting degrees. And, and then the perfect job opens up. The perfect job is everything you wanted. But you have to work on Sundays. It's not the perfect job. It must be for somebody else, not for you. But, Pastor, I could just listen to it later on on TV. Yes. But you, then you miss out on smelling each other's body odor. <laughs> what good is having a family if you don't see each other? Yep. I'm talking to you, husband and wives. You come home and you tag team. You're next. You're out the door. I'm in. And then you wonder, well, my marriage is falling apart. Yeah, just look at that car that you put debt on and those credit cards in your pocket. Now you can't quit your job because you're trying to take care of the debt. You don't have a marriage. You got something. Just rest. You know what's really good? Driving a car that's paid for. Oh, my goodness. When you have a car that's paid for, you drive down the street. It might not have leather seats. The AC might be on its last leg. But it's paid for. At the end of the month, you're not cursing the car. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Let me see your hands. And you're not stressing, oh, man, how am I going to pay for it? And, man, and then you get the car. I can afford the car. I can afford the $355 a month. But they didn't tell you that you had to pay $355 more on insurance. Amen. Just resting in the Lord in everything. Resting in the Lord, raising your children. But, Pastor, my kids are starting to live a different way. They're starting to walk away from God. They're starting to do drugs. They're getting around the wrong people. Let me ask a question. Did you raise them in the ways of the Lord? Yes. Then you rest. But, Pastor, they're starting to be rebellious. They're starting to, did, did you teach them the things of God? Did you show them the way, Lord? Did you live for God? Were they coming to church, being filled with the Spirit of God, being touched by God? And, and yeah, but, Pastor, they, 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 they're not doing the things of God. Rest. Before they're your children, they're his children. Now, if you didn't do that, you better get on your face. Father, forgive me. Father, have mercy on my children. But if you raise them on the ways of the Lord, rest. They come to you and say, oh, we, we saw your kid doing this, uh, doing something negative out there. That wasn't my, my kid. My kid doesn't do that. My, my kid doesn't do drugs. My kid doesn't do those things. My kid doesn't live that way. That's an imposter. That's someone that doesn't know who they are. But my kid serves the Lord. And they'll come back. They'll come back more on fire for God. And you know what happens? 
when they come back, they supersede their faith in Jesus over you. They supersede and they, they, they get you, you become embarrassed how much they love Jesus. <clears throat> you start saying, man, I don't even want to go to church. I mean, I feel, I feel ashamed just standing next to you and praise and worship because you dance so much better than I do. Amen. Matthew chapter 11. Somebody say rest. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and, my bur and the burden I give you is light. It's terrible, it's difficult to live for yourself. But when you live for God, man, it's so easy. It's so easy. Amen. One last testimony. I, when I became a pastor, I wanted to be a good pastor. And so I, I went and I traveled the country talking to a lot of mega church pastors and a lot of organizations that build churches and because, you know, I just wanted to be a good pastor. And so I'd go to these places and I would see the things that, that God had blessed them with and I'd see the sound system, the light system, and I'm a technical guy, I see the camera systems. And I see all the people that would go in and, and everybody would come in there and, and it was so awesome. I mean, it was amazing. And, and I'd be looking at all these things. And I'm thinking, oh, man, we need to get that. And we need to get that. We need to, we need to be like that. And I'm just taking notes and I'm taking mental notes. And I'm like, man, we need to do And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, man, we're doing nothing in the valley. I mean, these guys are doing it. These guys are they're, they're, they're Changing the world. These guys are doing it. And I'm looking at all these things, and I'm thinking, we're doing nothing. And I hear the preacher preach, and he would be so creative at the altar, and he would have all these illustrations, and everything would be absolutely perfect. And I'm thinking, man, I can't preach like these guys. These guys preach amazingly. I mean, this is, I could never be like that. And I'm looking at the guy opening the door. I'm thinking, this guy could probably be a better preacher than me. He should be pastor, not me. I come out. They're asking, did you, did, you, did you like what you see? Yeah. Well, we can help you get there. We can help you build this and build that and do this and do that. We got all the organization, the structure. And I'm like, yeah, I want to do all that. I, I, I mean, I'm even thinking, wow, man, man, they, these guys, they're so great. They, they built all this stuff. And, and, and they said, yeah, and we'll even teach you how to preach. We'll give you the messages to preach. We got in a book. We'll show you the illustrations. You can do it just like them. I'm like, yeah. Church in a box. And I come back, I come back feeling, and I, I go into service. And you, at the time, the building was one long building. 3,000 people fit in here and had less than 100 people. Sunday morning was a lot, like half of what we have here today. And so, and, and it's, and it, I don't understand it. It's, I guess it's just people, but you got 3,000 seats. And you got 100 people, and yet half of the people want to sit in the very back of the church. I don't understand it. I have no idea. I mean, I like literally the very back, very back over there. On the other side of that wall, 
I didn't even know who was there. I'm looking. I, I'd stand up on the pulpit with binoculars. Just <laughs> good to see you, brother. <laughs> and I come back judging myself. I'm like doing nothing. I can't do nothing. And you know, I would, they would say, "Oh, you do this," and I would start doing it. And no, no fruit. I'm thinking I can't do anything. And I found myself judging myself all this time. And then God said, "Stop going to these meetings." But, but God, I want to be a good pastor. Stop it. But God, I, I want to build something big for you. God, stop it. Stop going to these meetings. And then God says, I'm going to show you, I'm going to build the church. I'm going to show you how to build my church. And I say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to do a new light show. I'm ready to, do, <laughs> I'm ready to do all these things. He says, two things I want you to do. Number one, I want you to love every person that comes to the church. I could do that, God. Number two, I want you to give them time to grow. I said, I could do that too. He says, that's it. Don't want you to do anything else. Just do those two things. Love every person that comes and trust the seed that is sown into their hearts to produce a harvest that they'll change in time. And since then, I'm at rest. Somebody comes and he says, hey, how many people you're running? I say, we're running as many that is coming running in here. How many people, I know, Pastor, but, but how many people show up to church on Sunday morning? How many are you guys averaging? We have those that come on Sunday. I don't count. Oh, okay, okay. How long the service? I don't know. <laughs> well, most churches are only 45 minutes. You know, you got to get them in and get them out. They need more time to sin. If Jesus is here, why would I want to leave? If people come up to me and say, oh, pastor, that was a good message. Praise God. God bless you. That was a good message. I missed it. People should, if anybody comes up to me to say anything, they should be going, wow, God was good. Whoa, what did you, Jesus, man, I got blessed. That's what I want to hear. Because the words that I speak, you know, but what your heart hears, that's what really matters. Amen. I'm at peace. Someone was saying, oh, all the churches are building multiple campus sites, multiple churches. I'm thinking, that's a lot of work. <laughs> Pastors running up and down the highway to do three services, 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there, 30 minutes here, three different campuses, five different campuses, and they do this all over the country. But we don't have any time for Jesus. 
So there's no harvest. Got a good message. Got a, some encouragement. But when was the last time a devil was cast out in those meetings? When was the last time someone got healed in those meetings? When was the last time it looked like Jesus showed up in those meetings? But you come to this church, oh, wow. People get taller. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Think, I, I mean, when was the last time you went to church and, yeah, they had a dead cancellation anointing coming up. And then they just happened to have a $999 pledge. It's always attached to something. Me, I'm just resting. I'd say, oh, God, you know, we need to pay off the debt, you know. I've been believing God for the church debt to be paid in full because we want to do more for God. And I'm thinking, okay, how can we get there? And then the Lord starts giving us revelation. Don't, don't be focused on paying off the church debt. Turn that anointing to pay off the, the people's debts. So if we add the $200,000 for my friend here, that's over $800,000 of debt cancellation that we can account for. And that $44,000 too is on its way. Pastor, uh, Pastor Lisa, uh, Vanessa was telling me that while she was resting with her family on a vacation, she opened up a letter for her mom and it said, what was it, $7,000, an account, $7,000 canceled. Amen. See, the devil doesn't know what to do with you when you rest. When you're not worried, the devil's like, what is wrong with you? Don't you feel the storms? Don't you see the rain? Don't you? Everybody else is going to get drowned. Jesus, wake up. Aren't you scared that we're all going to drown? What did Jesus do? He rebuked the wind. He rebuked the waves. And he looked at his, and then he rebuked the disciples. Where's your faith? The scripture says, if God did not spare his own son, how much more will he freely give you all things? Say the blood of Jesus wash, washes all my sins away. What's more valuable, your debt or the blood of Jesus? And he paid his blood to purchase you back. Don't you think he will pay for your debts too? You've been redeemed. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have to set your mind on the things of heaven. I don't have time to worry about what's happening around me in the fears of the world when I'm so focused on heaven. I'll bring everybody with me. There's peace in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Pastor, I got to wake up early. So do I.
Say rest. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes for a moment. Tonight's a night of repentance. How do I come back? How can I enter into that rest? Jesus says, come unto me, all who, are lab all who labor, and I will give you rest. So we got we to repent before God. Many of us have, have been working so hard just to do what we think will make a way for us. Sacrificing time and sacrificing everything to try to make a way for ourselves. When we fail just to go before God and say, Lord, I'm just going to rest in you. Forgive me, Lord. You're first in my life. Tonight's a night of repentance. If that's you, if you've been working so hard and you haven't been serving God with your life and serving God in peace and serving God in rest, you might be doing things for God, but you're not really living for God. You're, it's more of I'm just operating the things of God, and it's almost like even going to church is labor. And I'm not doing it with the right heart. I'm not doing it with the right mindset. I need to rest in God. I need peace. I need to rededicate my life to serving and living for God and not for myself. I think there's a lot of people that need to repent. And a lot of people need to cast their cares upon the Lord. And allow Him to set you free. Allow Him to give you that peace that you've been searching for. If that's you, I want you to stand up on your feet right now. If that's you and you're ready to enter that rest right now, stand up on your feet. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now come. Come to the altar. The altar is the place of giving it all to God. Hallelujah. Give it all to God. Give it all to God. Hallelujah. Chains are going to be broken. The stress is going to leave. Just keep on playing, brother. Just keep on playing. That's anointed what you're playing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I want you to look at me real quick. And hold out your hands before you. And as an act of faith... Whatever that stress is, whatever that thing that's been causing you to separate you, yourself from God, that's causing you to labor in your turmoil, in your mind, in your heart, whatever it is, I want you as an act of faith, just believe that it's in your hands right now. Believe that it's right there. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. But as you do, this is a prayer of complete peace and deliverance. Deliverance, it comes in so many ways. God wants to take that burden off of your shoulders. But you got to give it to him. Maybe it's a fear of how you're going to make finances or fear of providing for your family, fear of taking care of your future. But remember that God knows you. He knows you by name. The Bible says that 
not only does he know you, but he has numbered your hairs. Not only does he know the number that's on your head, but he actually put a number to the hair. That's how much he knows you. And so he loves you and he wants to take care of you. So with your hands out, out in front of you, by faith, just place it in your hands right now, whatever that burden is. And repeat this word after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have called me, that you have saved me, and you have chosen me to be a son of God. I come to you in complete faith, knowing that you have a plan and purpose for my life. So Lord Jesus, this burden, this weight, this stress that has been causing me to work and not enter into your rest, right now it's in my hands and I give it to you, Lord. I surrender completely to you, Lord. I will rest in you, Lord. And so I lift it up to you, Lord. And I cast my cares. Now lift it up to heaven. Lift both your hands to heaven. And let it go in the name of Jesus. Let it go in the name of Jesus as an act of faith. Father, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your anointing. Breaks the yoke. Sets the captives free. No worry, no stress. In Jesus' name.